Hey everyone, this is Andrew, and this is a series I'm calling Ritual Sense, a way for us to make sense of Jewish practices that might help us bring even deeper meaning to our lives. Episode 9, Ashrei, and singing all the praises. So I'm expecting a little bit of a chuckle here, but I have to confess that everything we have done up until this point is preparation for prayer. Actually, the prayers that the sages and the rabbis recited centuries ago uh, began with their own personal supplications before they got to the prescribed prayers. And over time, their personal prayers became our liturgy, became our standard structured way of praying. So it may feel like we've done a lot already, and we have, uh, but we haven't actually gotten to the point where we have arrived at the official beginning of the formal morning service. We will do that when we get to the bar hu. Uh, that signals our call to prayer. So there actually is one more step I want to take with us before we get to that bar hu, and that is called the ashray. And I like to think about the ashray like wringing the sponge dry. Up until this point, we have focused on various elements of our preparation for the day, the Moda Ani and the Elohai Neshama, focusing on the soul, and Asher Yatsar and the Al Netilat Yadaim, focused on the body, and Nesim B'chol Yom, our daily miracles, or Elu Devarim, reminding us of the actions that we can take throughout the day in order to spread happiness in our world. But the Ashrei is essentially the kitchen sink, as far as I'm concerned. It's a way for us to express the joy and the praise and the delight that we may not have expressed up until this point. And form and function are the DNA double helix here because the Ashrei is an acrostic. It goes from Aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, all the way to Tav. There are, there are 24 verses. Ashrei is actually a psalm sandwich, I would say, because the first two verses come from Psalm 84 and Psalm 144. The bulk of Ashrei is Psalm 145 in its entirety. And then a little piece of Psalm 115 is tacked on at the end. You'll hear it in synagogue a few different ways. You may hear it in responsive reading. So the leader will say, And then the congregation continues with the next line. There are also some great contemporary settings of Ashrei, which I, of course, will share with you over the course of this episode so that you can experience the fullness of this psalm sandwich. So why are we saying psalms? What is the deal with Ashrei? So Ashrei itself means happy, uh, those who are happy. Indeed, Ashrei is in the plural. And my understanding is that Ashrei is never found in the Hebrew Bible in the singular. So there's already some learnings that we can derive just from this first single word of Ashrei. Maybe we need to be thinking about togetherness. Maybe we need to think about 
with whom we are traveling down the road of life. And maybe there's something to say about happiness as a result. Let's take a listen to our first version from the Mishkan Chicago davening team and try to resist the feeling of togetherness that these harmonies evoke. It's kind of brilliant to have this responsive reading layered on top of this message of Ashrei, of happy are we. It literally requires multiple people to complete the psalm. So digging into the structure of Ashrei, I mentioned the acrostic nature, which suggests that we can travel the gamut of our language in order to pick out and catalog and make sure we don't forget any facet of that which we are feeling a sense of praise and gratitude. I must confess that I have always been intimidated by the ashray because there are a lot of words. I mean, it has uh, two dozen lines and it goes by pretty quickly when you're reciting this in synagogue unless you have Mishkan Chicago's blissful harmonics going on. And so there's an intimidation factor. There's almost a competitive factor of can you keep up? Can you articulate all of these consonants, which is not a pleasant experience. And in fact, I will even reveal that the ashray almost kept me from applying to rabbinical school because I could not keep up with those around me when I found myself in synagogue saying the ashray. And I thought, well, if I can't do this, which I think third graders learn how to do, well, then I am not worthy of even attempting to begin a rabbinic education. So I don't want that to be your experience. And I have since learned not only to practice in order for it to feel more comfortable to me, but I've also learned to let go which is that this is not about sprinting through the alphabet. This could be for you picking particular letters in the alphabet that correspond with people in your life with whom you would like to spend a few moments in the morning, just thinking of them, being with them, wishing them well. So for example, these loved ones in my family do not know this unless they are now listening to this podcast. But I go down the alphabet, and I quickly reach Bet for my sister-in-law, Becca. And then I reach Dalid for my brother, Dan. And I keep going down the alphabet and spend just a few moments picturing the face of that loved one of mine and sending them positive energy for the day. It's true that Elu Devarim prompts us to think about those who might be ill or those who are celebrating a special occasion. But... Ashrei gives us the chance to just linger with those who are just living their lives and that we want to make sure that we touch in with. That's a purpose that I use for Ashrei, and I wanted to share that with you. 
Whether or not you use ashray to do it is, of course, up to you. You may have a different practice, but I see this connection between ashray, the word of happy are we in the plural, and this process of going through the acrostic and therefore be able to revel in our relationships. Here's another version. That was the Levens with Perry Smilo's version of Ashray. So I'd like to share three more things with you about Ashray. The first is in this opening section, we say Ashray Yoshve Vetecha, happy are those who dwell in your house. So what does that mean? What house are we talking about? I mean, we can, of course, say we're talking about the synagogue. And so happy are those who spend time in the synagogue. Well, that's a very nice message, and maybe you feel that way, or maybe we should feel that way. However, there are some other ways we can think about your house, God's house. Perhaps God's house is our body. We are dwelling in God's house when we live inside our bodies, and we are doing good work when we feel happiness in our bodies. Can we find those places, those spaces, those relationships when we can live into happiness? And then finally, your house could be the world. Happy are those who dwell in your world. And maybe the operative word is dwell, who dwell in your world, who sit, who savor, who aren't restless, who are actually taking stock of what you do have and those with whom you share it. And that is happiness. If Elu Devarim that we learned last time is about actions that you can take to increase the happiness you have in this world, perhaps Ashray is taking a moment to appreciate what you already have, what you are already doing, to just be, to just dwell with others. Now, I told a little white lie earlier in the episode when I said this is an acrostic. I mean, it is an acrostic, but there is a letter missing, the letter Nun. The Talmud teaches us that the letter Nun stands for the word Nefilah, which means to fall. And there are several other biblical quotes that prophesize the destruction of Israel using the word. So we're just not going to include it in our psalm. Okay, maybe the psalmist did not want to tempt fate, uh, but the psalm is not living in denial. Insofar as the very next verse says, So mech Adonai... God supports lechol hanoflim, all 
who have fallen, Hanoflim. And so while we're not naming Nephilah as the beginning of our verse, we are acknowledging that we can stumble and fall, but we're choosing to focus, to headline the somech, the support that we can get. So that might be another way that you can use ashray is a chance to recognize that which we may not be fully acknowledging, the ways in which we may have weaknesses, the ways in which we may have insecurities, and then to use it as an opportunity to say, I am not alone. I have resources around me. The people I have just acknowledged by going through this acrostic, that which is invisible to me, and so I am supported. The last insight I want to share with you from Ashray is a choreographic one. It is a moment in the psalm when we say, Poteach et yadecha, which means open your hands. And if you are observant in the synagogue, you will see certain people opening their hands when they get to this section of Ashrei. It is a dramatic moment where you may have been going on in a rote fashion reciting these verses, but now you recognize the meaning of the word poteach, to open, and you make that physical gesture and you are mimicking what you are hoping that God will do, that God will open God's hands, and you are opening your hands. And I just find that to be a beautiful moment of connection, of recognizing that the only way, truly, that God is going to open God's hands, meaning God is going to reveal God's self, is if we meet God halfway and if we open our hands. To bring it full circle, I think that's a beautiful message for our relationships as well. That the only way that we're going to achieve deep connection with others is if we are willing to pursue that connection ourselves. And in our pursuit to find musical selections that help to inspire us along these lines, I want to share with you my friend Isaac Sonnet-Assur singing Dan Nichols' version of Ashrei. Whether you use the traditional 24 verses of Ashrei or have your own method for taking stock of that which surrounds you each and every day, may you feel happiness at synagogue, in your body, in the world, from A to Z. This has been Ritual Sense with Hitra Haute.